ஒற்றுமை Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast. Why do they call me Nomad? Well, I traveled the globe, spreading the joy of music one song at a time. And now I bring you wisdom, tried and true knowledge, and life experiences of my colleagues and peers in this crazy business we call music. On this episode of the Career Musician Podcast, we have Catherine Wood, who is a music producer, composer, engineer, and studio proprietor. This is the Career Musician Podcast with your host, Nomad. Okay, who here has an iPhone? iPad? iPod? iMac? Mac Mini? iSomething? We all do. Well, check it out. Catherine Wood is pretty cool because she engineered the first ever iPhone commercial. That's right, folks. Hello is the name of the commercial, and Catherine Wood engineered that sucker. I mean, that's pretty cool if you ask me. In addition to that, she has her own studio, Planet Wood Studios in Eagle Rock, California, just outside Los Angeles, where she has created the perfect musical enclave of inspiration. It's there where she grinds daily, composing, producing, and engineering on all kinds of projects running the gamut. Let's dig in further and hear all about it from Catherine Wood. I'm here with Catherine Wood, studio proprietor, producer, mix engineer, mastering engineer, composer, musician, artist, songwriter, all around freaking amazing guru. It's wonderful to be chatting with you. And yes. likewise, right back at you. Oh, well, we <laughs> yeah. met some years ago. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier and come to learn that you're nomadic by nature as well. Yeah. So where are you from? And then your nomadic right. trajectory. Born in Hong Kong. What? Yeah. Okay, you got me beat already. <laughs> I don't know. About I was that. just born in New York. Hey, Hong Kong is more yeah, that's impressive. cool. Though. Spent time in New Canaan, Connecticut, and Colorado Springs, Colorado, Longmont, Colorado. Nice. San Francisco, Carmel. Here for the last 15 years, though. So. Okay, so you finally settled and put some roots <laughs> yeah. down in LA. Yeah. So now you do have this beautiful studio. I call it as like a project studio. Yeah. yeah. Planet Wood. Yep. Tell us how you developed that. Planet Wood Studios began in 2002 as a publishing company, Planet Wood Productions. Nice. It was my ASCAP publishing company and evolved over time to become an LLC. And the studio has been an evolution from apartments to dining rooms to living rooms to mm-hmm. now almost 800 square feet of creative space that has been entirely rebuilt for the purpose of everything that I do. So primarily, what keeps you busy as a professional career musician? I have two things right now. I had a long year and a half long mastering project that I said yes to, and I'm glad I did for a composer. It's computer music that is inspired by Indian ragas, and he's actually a pioneer for the thing that he does. So this was actually an academic project for the NYU Music Libraries and Princeton Music Libraries. In the last year and a half, I've mastered something like 150 albums just for this one client. <laughs> so like volume has become sort of the name of the game for me. That's one of the ways. But when that- you say albums, how many songs per album? 10, 12? 
Some pieces of music are an hour long. Runtime for an album is 45 minutes historically, 10 to 12 songs. This might be like three songs, but they're all 15 minutes long. They're these instrumental creations. Rock, yeah. As you said? Yeah. They're very, very interesting. Some of the earlier stuff is not heard anywhere. It's computer music. I'm probably actually not supposed to say how it's oh. done, but it's very, very, very interesting. And the guy is a total genius. You used the term earlier before, jack of all trades, master mm. of none. I feel like it used to be, oh yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. But now... You have to be master of all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it has to be something also that you've probably done. It, like, I've mixed as my full-time thing or post-production for commercials was my thing for a couple years. You know, when you've done these things professionally, then it it takes away the master of none part. It then becomes a thing of, okay, what projects would I like to work on that people are interesting? The music is interesting or the film is interesting. I do, you know, mixing for film. Right. That's, I love, like, give me a feature-length documentary. Like, I'll rock that. That's totally so different much than fun. mixing for an album. So yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah, doing yeah. production music, a custom job for major library. Because now the libraries have labels, you know? So getting, like, basically a label cut is just a trip. How things have evolved with production music, with and with streaming now, I mean, in the last 10 years, so much has changed with how people make music and how people consume music, you know, because people aren't getting paid anymore for their music because now even downloads are gone. So it's streaming. Right. You used to be able to solicit people, oh, download my new single at right. iTunes, blah, blah, exactly. blah, for, for $1.29. Yeah. Now that doesn't even, I mean, even, does that anymore? even <laughs> like less than 10 years ago, you could have a placement on Grey's Anatomy. And if they include your name in the credits, you might have a 20,000 spike down download, you know, that would be significant for right. somebody. No more. Because a 20,000 spin on streaming monetizes so differently than it's the like 20,000. No, no joke. <laughs> I mean, no, right. no, like I'll get my statement for whatever I might have on yeah. what, wherever. And it's like 2000, whatever's. And it's like 25 cents. I'm like, that's awesome. If I get enough to buy a sandwich, like that's a big deal. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, celebra from celebratory yeah. for right. streaming. It's like, oh, right. I can get a piece of gum. <laughs> you know, like a gumball. <laughs> you know, it's just not cool. Music Modernization Act, it's happening right as yes, we speak. Yes, I got the email this morning. Yeah, so the House has passed it, and now the Senate has to pass it. And it was unanimous with the House. So I saw that. There's so many different components, though, to this that I, I need to go back and read what all is in there because I participated with the Grammys in my district advocacy for the Recording Academy, which I'm involved with as a voting member and also a member of the Producers and Engineers Wing. It was so cool to go speak with congressmen. We had Rodney Jordan in the group. And you participated. Yes. And it was so cool. It's how the companies have dealt with streaming, though, because they're not paying out. That's the, the problem, Jeez. is the glitch in the situation. How that then affects artists, independent artists, especially not having budgets, and then deciding to do it all themselves, which has then lowered the, mm -hmm. the level of production that's now getting fed back into the system. Everybody wants to cut corners. Yeah. It's caused, though, for me, as an engineer, you have to take a different approach and think about how you want to do business. Okay, well, maybe the majority of my income might come from this area that might not be working with artists. Then if you do work with an artist, it might be for a different reason, right. you know, because you really like the music or... Like we were discussing Exactly. Earlier. And it's totally cool. You know, that's the flexibility aspect. If you're too rigid or not willing to be flexible, there's one thing, you know, having your own sense of values and what you can and can't do as a business person. But at the end of the day, especially in this field, it's changing so much that it's critical to have an open mind and be open to doing things a little differently than even how you might have done it last year. So true. It's worth 
worthwhile though, you know? And you honestly feel like that. You feel it's worthwhile and that it's adding value to your experience as a whole. I think if you can't work with people who you enjoy either their music or being around them or whatever it is, should figure out a different <laughs> thing to do. But you know, that's the exact opposite. That's the antithesis of a corporate-minded yes, working... This is, I've done that. Right, I've right. worked at corporate headquarters before <laughs> under the terrible lights, as I call them. Those, <laughs> oh, those incandescent, incandescent lights? Terrible, terrible yeah. lights. They terrible. drain the energy out of it. They're just horrible. Okay, I'm a huge proponent of diversity and versatility within your lane. However, sometimes you have multiple lanes. <laughs> and that's exactly what Catherine has created. I love the fact that she delineates between being an engineer, a producer, and a composer. It's very important to make these distinctions. However, within each of those lanes, she does various things. Like, for instance, when you're composing, she'll not only do a score, but then she'll actually engineer it and record it and mix it. Same thing for producing an, a project for an artist. She can record all of the instruments. She can track all the instruments, in other words, at her studio. She's set up for full tracking, drums, bass, piano, keyboards, guitars, vocals, you name it. Then she can mix it, produce it. There you have it. And once again, as an engineer, she covers the gamut because she's doing post or audio post, as we call it out here in L.A., and that's basically doing like voiceovers and dialogue mixing, but also she mixes music. So she is really the perfect embodiment of understanding how to utilize her vast skill set and bring it all together to encompass the true career musician. You're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with your host, Nomad. When did the music bug bite you? Well, funnily enough, when I was 12, I wanted a guitar. And so I got an electric guitar yeah. that was shaped with many angles. It was a Takamini. It's like very rock. So it was an electric? Yes. An electric Takamini? Yes. I don't think I've ever seen one. Yeah, well, why I sold it, I don't know, actually, because it would have been cool to have. I got a guitar, my brother got a keyboard. So I went to the local music store to have lessons. But the guy wouldn't let me look at my hands. I'm all like strumming and not looking at my hands, and it was not that fun. Then I was like, all right, well, screw this. I'm going to try the saxophone. Then in college, I picked up guitar and just taught myself by ear. Right. I also started singing acapella in college. Just started really exploring harmony and probably in my late 20s, I became coordinated enough to sing and play guitar at the same time. And that's when songs just started dumping out of me. Then I got interested in, of course, recording the songs that were pouring out of me. I was working at an ad agency in San Francisco in the print department and started writing songs and abandoned advertising Bam, look at that. I yeah. was just like, later. I think the creative person, it seems like we get bored easily. Is it because of the adventurous gene in our DNA? I think that when you've had exposure to a certain level of something, why would you sort of suffer through? Yes. Or you at least yes. know what the difference is. Right. And so I think right. a lot of it is exposure and also meeting a lot of people. Mm. It's just not a provincial way to exist. Right. That's I think settling is not something that... Yeah is okay ever what's the next e thing yeah I mean yeah. even if it's within the same area like what are we doing that like this, we, yeah, yeah. okay like, we've yeah. done that I've learned that I've kind of mastered that I'm over <clears throat> it now that's great yeah, yeah. okay good what's or next? how can I use it to do something new or interesting you know and expand I lay it into the next exactly. thing exactly 
Something that really strikes me in a good way with Catherine is that she always makes the time to give back. I've seen her at the California Copyright Conference volunteering her engineering skills. I've seen her at the PMC, which is the Production Music Conference, once again here in L.A., where she's also volunteering. So my point is... Oftentimes, we forget. We get so wrapped up into our own little microcosm of a world that we don't remember there's others around us that are aspiring to do what we're already doing. So why not help them give back to the community, share our vast experience of knowledge and wisdom? Check out nomadsplace.com for more info. What is your definition of studio etiquette? What are some of the points that you feel are important? I think in regard to other people being in your studio, for instance, reaching up for the guitar and asking. (laughs) I was getting permission (laughs) to (laughs) touch an instrument before starting to play it is definitely don't try to do cables yourself. Don't start fiddling around with knobs. Don't touch stuff. It almost seems like that goes without saying, but you have to say it. (laughs) You'd be surprised. It's just a pet peeve of mine, but like, please don't play on your phone. Please be focused on the work. I I put my phone, even right now it's on airplane. When I'm in session, you have my total undivided attention. I'm not doing Instagram. Now, granted, cool, do an Instagram post. That's awesome. But please don't be texting or like fucking around. Again, seems like it should go without saying, but... You know, you can take breaks for that kind of stuff. Right. Just don't do it while we're working. I don't want to have a bad vibe happening, but Mm -hmm. it does like irritate me to no end because it makes me feel like you think our time together isn't valuable. It's somehow disrespecting the moment in a way. And it's like, if you're going to be paying me to do this, at the very least, I would think you'd want it to be efficient. Modern society's issue is lack of focus. When you're distracted and you're not really fully focused... How can you do your best work? Yeah. How? Like, how can you totally connect? Or how can you really be all in? I'm super detail-oriented, and, like, I have to dig into the details. Like, I like the process of extreme focus. Focus. I just can't really do it if I'm not focused. So I like a neat workspace. Workspace. I have the checklist. I've got the, this needs to happen before this. I'm more receptive to, you know, doing things better if I'm in this mode, and so I know my modes. (laughs) Is yeah. that how you arrange your schedule, yeah. your daily work schedule? Yeah. yeah. Expound on that, if you will. I'll organize whatever the day is based on that. So, like, in, in the re- the project we were just looking at, seven songs recorded in a day, totally right. planned out to work that way. The entire mixing process, and well, actually, is preceded by editing. There's an entire editing process, cleaning everything up, cleaning up breaths, cleaning up timing on things, just getting things more clean. Oftentimes, I'll actually start just before doing anything. I'll start playing just for fun. Yeah. And then also at the end of the day, I'll just play for fun. Again, like same just, thing. Like, just vibe out. Yeah, just for fun. Joy. You yes. know, just have a little moment of joy. And I think it also helps remind you why you're doing it in the first place. In the first place. You know. It's so true. You know, sometimes you might be working on a project that's maybe not exactly your thing or whatever it is, which is cool. Drummers! So you're watching an amazing drummer on YouTube, and they're playing something so crazy, you just can't figure it out. If only you can tap this drummer on the shoulder and say, hey, can you slow it down and break it down for me, man? PossibleChops.com does exactly that. 
They've asked some of the top of the line drummers to play in short, digestible phrases some of their craziest chops. Then they slow it down and transcribe it so you can actually learn what the heck they're doing. They're making chops possible. Now, PossibleChops.com is an online drum lesson website that makes it easy to add to your drumming vocabulary from some of the baddest professional drummers. And when I say baddest, I mean the dopest, illest, most ridiculousest drummers you ever heard. Imagine getting a breakdown from drummers who played with the likes of Usher, Earth, Wind & Fire, Chick Corea, Babyface, Sheryl Crow, Tony Braxton, and the list goes on. The PossibleChops.com community is designed to allow drummers to share ideas and help you on your path to becoming a pro and getting gigs. That's right, folks, actually getting real gigs. If you're serious about drumming, do yourself a favor and visit PossibleChops.com. Join today and basic membership is free. However, If you decide to upgrade to a pro membership, use the promo code NOMAD to get your first free month. That's right, folks. Use coupon code NOMAD and you get the whole first month absolutely free. Adding new chops are now made possible for drummers on PossibleChops.com. So what is your take on networking and, and, and it has, how it fits into the industry? There are many different organizations to be involved with. And I think starting out possibly, you know, at kind of the more social ones are kind of good places to get your feet wet. And then kind of graduating to the more serious information one, you know, and also I think you have to genuinely be interested in information and and knowing about what's actually happening in your industry. And if you aren't involved enough to care about what's happening in your industry, then Maybe you should be doing something else, or maybe you're not at a professional level where it would benefit you. Being on these boards and attending these various functions and mixers and whatnot, it probably helps inform you. Information literally about making chain, I mean, it's it's all very real time. Yeah. And a lot of the people on the board are involved internationally with different organizations. And right. so it's as far as I'm concerned, it's it's who you know and what you know, in addition to just being really good at whatever it is that you do. Right. It's like these sort of survival tactics. Words of wisdom, your mm. secret sauce. Mm. <laughs> Perseverance. Perseverance, I love it flexibility. You really have to think outside the box. You cannot be afraid to, oh, actually fear, no fear. Just do it. If you're not interested in continuing to learn about what's going on in your field, then it's probably not a good match because this particular area is constantly changing. You have to be very receptive to information. And then how do you bring that into what you do? The coolest thing about right now is they're calling it like the golden age of media or golden age for artists, you know, for exposure, people hearing your stuff. There are more outlets than ever as far as, you know, shows. When you hear about, let's say, Netflix putting, you know, billions of dollars into shows, it's like almost crazy. But at the same time, I'm actually about to cut off my cable because I don't even watch cable anymore. Well, the cable monopolies are over. It's very interesting, you know, because people's attention spans are are collapsing. (laughs) So it has its pros and cons. How do you stand out amidst the literally oversaturation 
in all the markets. So if you're a filmmaker, a songwriter, a composer, it is difficult. Seth Godin says, mm -hmm. be really fucking good. Yeah. Be the best. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, well, I'm really good. Now what? The other thing is don't be a dick. Yeah. Like vibe is kind of everything. There so like, go. be nice. There you go. At least in LA, yes. how you vibe with people. I know right away if I want to work with somebody or not. Energy wise, I know like right away if like this is going to be a train wreck right. <laughs> or whatever. Learning how to read energy. At the end of the day, negativity doesn't sell anything. It doesn't work and it especially doesn't work here. Even if you don't like something, don't be negative about it. Positivity. When I met you the first time, I was like, I know why this guy is successful besides the fact that he's so talented. But I remember you are so nice. Great and good energy and I just thought I get this and now later when I meet people who are performing with similar level artists same energy I couldn't agree with you more yeah <laughs> speaking of not being a dick now I'm gonna <laughs> ask you <laughs> for five of your biggest credits saying you know what let me take stock and, and recognize what I've accomplished and I'm grateful probably the one most people in the world have seen is the first iPhone commercial wow I'm proud to have engineered on that the hello Incredible. commercial I also engineered on the hi I'm a Mac I'm I'm a PC. Da -na -na. I remember da -na -na. that. I engineered on the majority of those, so we're talking like dozens. Um, that's called the Get a Mac campaign. Also, the Geico Caveman. Many, many, many visible, like Priceline Communicator. It's crazy. Like all that. Like when we first met, that's what I was working on. What? <laughs> I was an engineer at Play Studios in Santa Monica. Yeah. Working on that ESPN theme song. A very cool credit. I have a ton of different placements on Access Hollywood or different shows. I produced a record for Billy Lawler called Nostalgic. I'm proud of which the single Casualty was nominated for an HMMA. Hollywood Music and Media Award. So your favorite pastime when you're not doing music? I like working out. Like I like going to the pool and doing my workout or going and just being outside. I love hiking. I actually like driving. When I go to Colorado, long road trips. I drive there and I actually go. don't listen to music. I just have my head. Self-therapy, <laughs> isn't it? I just yeah. have like all the words and music in my head. I love meeting up with friends for dinner and yes. whatnot. Most memorable moment career-wise. These are so hard. I know. Um, <laughs> I would say watching the debut of the ESPN theme song on television for the first time Bam. with a group of 50 friends that was fun I and mean, that and was you composed that music yeah it was exciting it and produced it exactly that was a special proud moment I had some of those first songs I wrote this is sort of funny ended up receiving I received like nine honorable mentions from the Billboard World Song Contest actually at the time I thought it was a joke <laughs> Like, that's how sort of unaware uh, I was. I was like, oh, they have to be kidding. Like, wow. You know, because in my mind. Unassuming nature. Uh, oh my gosh. It's, that's it's, beautiful. It's bad. Yeah, that speaks <laughs> volumes for your humility. <laughs> Last question social media. Mm -hmm. Bragging or branding? Where's the fine line? I think uh, if your ego is really wrapped up into it, it's bragging. If you're just trying to show what you do in a way that's creative and hopefully interesting to people, it's branding. I try to do branding because I'm not really sure. I mean, honestly, even branding feels like bragging, so it's very uncomfortable. Well, it's, it's the whole uh, concept that humans mm -hmm. and what we intrinsically do on a daily basis is our brand. Right, <laughs> right. All of a sudden, that's our brand now, Well, right? when you it's have a... awkward. Well, what's more awkward is the fact that... Okay, I shouldn't say it's more awkward. It's very cool that we can do something independently and have free advertising for it. Sure. And that people know about it because historically, this would never, ever have been... There would be no way to put out enough 
ads in the paper. You would have to have somewhere you go or something that is your main thing that's at a, probably an office because there's no way that anybody would know about you. Then they don't know to go to you. Right. They don't know. So they don't know about your service if you don't exist. You know. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, this has been awesome. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you so much for talking back. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> I'd like to thank Catherine for making time to spend with me for this interview. We sat and we ate some good lunch, and then we went back to her studio, and we just had a nice conversation. She really understands the concept of sitting down with people, breaking bread, getting to know one another, so that way she has some research and you know, kind of a, a point of perspective as she sits down to produce for you, or to write a TV scene for you, or to produce a song for you or compose something or even just do a mix these are once again very important personal skills that we develop in our business and Catherine, i feel has mastered that so be sure to check her out at planetwood productions on facebook and planetwood 5163 on instagram That's a wrap for today. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the Career Musician Podcast. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad Sometime until then